0: What's up, guys? JD here, and today I'm going to give y'all an update on Demandscope, the agency that I launched a few months ago. I told you about this on episode 65 back in February 2023. It's now June 2023. It's been five months, and I think it's time I give you an update a lot of learning, a lot of good stuff going on, things that I'm definitely changing, things that I tried to do, they didn't work, but I found workarounds, it's all going well, and I'm gonna get to that in just a second. Before I do, if you love the show, if you love the knowledge I'm dropping, please go ahead and subscribe and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and of course, follow me across social. JohnDavid's.com is where you can get my email, and of course, all the links to all my socials. And now, let's get to the show. You're listening to Making It with John Davids. So let me give you guys a recap on Demand Scope. If you want to go back and listen to episode 65, you can do that. And uh, if you don't, I'm going to give you a quick 30 seconds. So I launched Demand Scope really because I've had Influicity for about 10 years. It's a great company. We get to work with so many of the biggest brands in the world running their marketing. And a lot of the learnings that I have running marketing for some of the biggest brands in the world... I've noticed that a lot of these key learnings you can bring also to very small brands, to solopreneurs, to consultants, to small businesses, 5, 10, 20, 30-person companies that are growing very quickly or just starting out can use a lot of the same tactics. So that's why I launched DemandScope, because if you have a business serving very large clients, it's kind of hard to say, oh, we're also just going to work with small clients now. The, The economics and the service levels don't work out, right? If you have a client paying you $25,000 a month and they have account managers and they have specialists and they have account executives and they've got client success reps, you can't then take that level of service and give it to someone who's paying you $2,000 a month or $1,500 a month, right? It doesn't work. And the $1,500 a month client doesn't need that same service level and that same product offering. So I thought, listen, rather than trying to jam a square peg into a round hole, let me just launch a new company, Demand Scope, custom-built for this smaller but fast-growing segment. The other thing was that I had a lot of inbounds. So I had a lot of people coming to me wanting for me and my team to do marketing for them, but they weren't very large brands. So that, again, was just another trigger telling me, okay, we need to launch a business to serve these people. So that's a quick background on Demand Scope. And where it is today is things are actually going pretty well. And they're going pretty well because I've learned a lot over 10 years of working with some very demanding brands. And I think I have pretty high expectations for myself, probably even higher than my clients at DemandScope have for us. And it works well because we're able to deliver a really high level of service to people that maybe weren't getting that before. So, just to give you an example of the kind of client we might have and what they might expect and what we're delivering, you know, so we're working with, let's say, a person that runs a lawn care company. They've got seven employees, they service 100 clients, they cut grass, they do gardening pesticide, lawn care, that sort of thing. And they might come to us because they need their websites bruised up. They need their Google AdSense and their search engine marketing done better. They need their search engine optimization done better. Maybe they have Facebook ads or maybe they've never had Facebook ads. And so we come in and we do all that stuff. And the reality is a lot of businesses that service that small business crowd have always served that small business crowd. So they don't necessarily have a really, really deep-run customer service experience with a lot of very demanding clients, right? Think about it like this. If you're serving a client one day who expects a level 10 performance, and then you're serving a client the next day that expects a level 6 performance, you're going to do fine for the level 6 because you're, you're used to performing at a level 10. Whereas if you come in on day one and you're average, you know, you're performing at a level two and that same customer expects a level six, you're underperforming from day one. And frankly, a lot of the competition that is serving the small and micro business market is just not up to par. And I'm not calling anybody out in particular. It's just in general, what clients have come to me and said is like, oh man, this company that was running search engine marketing for me, they sucked. Nothing was happening. This guy that was doing search engine optimization, you know, my, my web designer, this, that, they're chronically disappointed with the results. And then my team, comes in. And of course, you know it's a team of rock stars. We're doing a great job. And that's what the experience has been. So I think the pedigree that we have as a team, and it's a lot of new people, by the way, it's not the same folks at Influicity because they're super busy. So it's new people that I've hired, but the mindset that we bring to the table has just been a lot better. So off the bat, the service that we're providing at DemandScope is really, really good. Now, let me tell you guys one of the big learnings that I've had since starting this company. My initial thought in starting Demand Scope was around social media growth. So if you know me, you know that I'm a community guy in terms of my approach to marketing. I believe in building communities because communities will continue to generate positive ROI and positive return on ad spend, right? If you have a cult of people who absolutely love you and they're going to keep buying from you and spreading the word, that's a pretty effective tool when you're trying to sell stuff, right? Versus having a bunch of people who couldn't care less, right? Are people willing to wear your t-shirt? Are people waiting in line to get a hat with your name on? It. If they are, that's a good sign that you've got a cult or a community behind you. And if they're not, you've really got to get that done because I believe it's very, very hard to scale a business, especially if you're trying to scale past 10, 30, 50, $100 million. You're not going to do that just off paid ads. You've got to have that community there. But to begin with, you do have to have some paid advertising. What's interesting is that I come into it with the mindset of, okay, let's build on social. The problem is that a lot of the people that are coming in the door, clients of Scope have very little presence on social and also not a whole lot of inbound leads coming in the door as it is. So one of the key learnings I came across was I'd have people come to me say, hey, you know, John, I want you to manage my social. And then I would say, okay, well, tell me about your marketing and tell me about your inbound lead generation and tell me about how many customers you're talking to these days. And it was like nothing, 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 nothing. And so what I would say is, okay, well, hang on a second. You don't need social media management. You need like Google ads. You need Facebook ads. You need basic blocking and tackling. You need a landing page. You need a website that looks like it was built in the year 2023, not in the year 1998, which unfortunately is where a lot of small businesses are. So what I've realized is that the services that I'm offering needed to expand because if you're just trying to sell social media management to a group of people who really want to work with you, but you know that what they need is not social media management, they need a whole bunch of other stuff first or maybe at the same time. You need to expand your offering. And so that's what I realized early on. And then I came up with this framework. And this framework has really shifted how I think about demand scope and really what we're doing at Influicity as well. And that is the rent to own marketing playbook, rent to own marketing. Now, a lot of you might have seen me talk about this in my email already or on LinkedIn or on my social. Let me just explain what rent to own marketing is and you'll see how this came to be. So the idea very simply is that you need to rent demand before you can own demand. And when we use the word demand, we're talking about getting customers. You need to rent or buy your way into getting customers. That could be buying Facebook ads, buying Google ads, buying billboards, buying the signs on benches, right? Flyers and mailboxes, mobile advertising, whatever it is you're doing, you need to buy your way in before you expect to own the customer relationship, before that customer is going to sign up to your email list or follow you on. TikTok or listen to your podcast. That's the own segment, but the own comes after the rent. And the reason this is so important is because what I just mentioned a minute ago, customers who have no built-in customer base or clients of mine that have no built-in customer base were coming to me saying, hey, let's get big on social media. Effectively, I want to own my audience relationships. And I'm going, you don't have an audience. You don't have anything. Nobody cares about you. Nobody even knows who you are. And so before you can own that relationship, you need to rent it. You need to start somewhere, right? Much like getting a home you rent before you buy in most cases, because people can't afford to buy, right? They've got to work up to it. So that's where the rent to own or R2O playbook came from. And I've really fleshed this out. And it's really, it's influenced how we're approaching all of our clients at Demand Scope now. And coming up with that framework is something that I've always known. I mean, I've always known intuitively the whole social media growth, the whole community growth thing works really well when you already have an, established base of customers. And generally, our clients at Influicity already have an established base of customers, right? These are companies doing 100 million plus a year revenues. They're already starting from you know step 12. They're not at step one. And so for those guys, we go straight into community building because that's what they need from us. But from the lawn care guy, from the restaurant owner, from the guy who's doing home repairs, roof repairs, or the lady who's selling flowers, or the lady who's doing tutoring or coaching or whatever it is, we need to start at the rental phase because they have they don't have anything. They don't have any consistent, reliable, inbound lead engine. So we've got to build that first, and then we can go to owning that relationship through social and email and podcast and more. So the reason I wanted to break that down for you is because that was a really big learning for me. I didn't think ahead of time that a lot of these smaller customers at DemandScope are going to need a whole lot more than just social media management. If I were to say, okay, yeah, sure, I'll manage your social media, the reality is you're not going to get a customer in the door through social media for the next 12 to 14 months, right? And you're, you're going to fire us before then because you're going to say, hey, man, it's been three months. I'm spending two grand a month, you guys are managing my TikTok and my LinkedIn, but I'm not getting." any revenue from this. And so we need to start from a place where we can drive revenue and then go to a place where we can build that ongoing community. Hence, rent to own. Rent first, own second. Another thing I realized was that you really need to ask customers lots of questions to figure out what it is that they want and what it is that they need. Because sometimes a customer will come in the door and say, hey, I need this, I need A, when really they, they need B, right? A great example of that is what I just mentioned. They think they need social media, what they really need is, is Google ads, or the customer thinks they need A salad, but really what they want is a burger because they're really hungry. And so, you know, in your business, it's really important to understand what clients want, not by what they ask for, but by what their symptoms are. And that's something I really didn't take, I really didn't appreciate until now. I I find myself asking a lot more questions during sales calls rather than assuming that what the customer is asking for is actually what they need right now. Demand Scope's been scaling very well, so we've been limiting our new clients to three a month. In June, we actually have four starting this month. I made an exception because we sort of had a, our waiting list is getting pretty long. So I thought, okay, let's try to accelerate this a little more. So I've been doing a lot of hiring. Man, I've been doing a lot of hiring, <laughs> getting a lot of people on board, getting them trained up with the way we do things, really working with a lot of technology. So, one of the nice things also is I'm building this from the ground up as a hybrid workplace. So, bringing in all the tools from Google Drive and G Suite to Dropbox to Slack to Notion, to Airtable. I've got people that I'm hiring who are actually bringing ideas to me saying, hey, John, instead of doing this like, like that, you know, using Google Sheets, why don't we use this piece of software? And they're introducing me to things I didn't even know existed. So the world of remote work and hybrid work has come so far, and there are tools that let you do so much right now. And bringing those into play Is important not just because it makes the work easier to do, but it actually makes the end result better. You can do a whole lot more with tools if you make those investments. So I'm investing in automation. I'm investing a ton in AI. I'll I'll do a, a sort of a masterclass or a podcast episode on artificial intelligence and how I'm seeing it used in the marketing industry because we're on the forefront of that, of course. And so. Bringing all these tools in and making sure that they all work and speak together is something super important. I'm also automating from the start, so I don't want any clunky processes. I, don't want, I want to make sure Demand Scope runs seamlessly. I don't want to build it wrong and then have to make a whole bunch of fixes later. So I am investing in a lot of automation right now to make sure that the customer experience is perfect, the employee experience is perfect, and things just run like clockwork. Pricing is something I'm playing around with a lot. So I've been toggling between low prices, charging a little more, figuring out the right combination of ongoing fees with upfront fees. I generally don't like to have startup fees, setup fees. I like to bake it all into ongoing fees. But then, of course, if you do that, then you have to bring people, you have to have them signed up for a certain period of time because you can't have them canceling after a month when you've got all these sunk costs. So figuring out the fee structure is something that I'm doing a lot now. I think I have a couple clients on board who are getting a little too good of a deal, frankly, because we're not making any money off them. And uh, and so figuring out what that sweet spot is where we can make this an economically viable business, as well as one that provides a lot of value where people feel like they're getting way more in return than what they're paying for. The nice thing also, and this is a kind of, kind of a, a really nice luxury, is that because this isn't my first company, I've already got another business that's doing very well and it's growing very quickly and other things going on. So building a business where you don't need to have it work. I mean, we obviously don't want to lose money. We're not, you know, we don't want to burn cash, but we're okay operating without making a profit for a little while is a very good thing because it'll, it lets you figure things out without having the impatience of going and, you know, of rushing into, oh, let's raise our prices because you risk alienating a lot of potential business when. The true answer is you need to figure out how to do things more, more economically. So, in other words, you can put a band-aid on something by just charging more. And I've seen companies do this. You know, I think about it like throwing bodies at a problem. Oh, let's just charge more for that. Let's charge more for that. Why don't you become more efficient in what you do so you can actually charge less, pass the savings on to the customer? So it forces you to figure out how to run your business and get things done in a more economical way. And that's something that we're able to do because we're doing this. Again, not from a place of having to make money and pay a whole bunch of people from day one because we have other businesses that are doing that. The last big learning I have is finding customer product fit, product market fit, I guess you could say. But really, it's customer product fit. So I find when you start a business, you have the pressure again of saying yes to everything because you just want to make more money and you want to find value in everything, and, oh, yeah, you need this, so oh, we don't really do it, but sure, we'll do it for you, we'll do it for you. It is so much better to say no to people when you know you can't super serve them. I am so much more focused right now on customer success and customer retention versus just getting that dollar out of the customer. If I don't think I can provide value to you for months and years at a time, i I do not want to work with you. And I'm very upfront. I've told probably four people now at this point, listen, we're not a good fit. And they'll say back, no, 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 I, I want what you can offer. And I'm going, no, no, you don't want what I can offer. Maybe you think you do, but this is not for you. And understanding ha- client retention is something I haven't really appreciated enough until I would say the last year or two. So as a salesperson, and that's really what I am at heart, I, I love to sell, I love doing deals, I love I love the things thrill of the hunt. And that kind of personality, which I'm sure a lot of you listeners out there have, you're really focused on the kill, on getting the deal done and then moving on to the next deal. And what I've realized is it is so much easier to bring a customer on board and retain them than it is to acquire them. It's the retention that I care about, not the acquisition. And that's a real mind shift because I was always overly focused, hyper-focused on the acquisition. I just want to get that customer at all costs. And when you shift your thinking to, I want to get that customer, but really what I want is to keep that customer. And I want that customer to give me a glowing review. I want that customer to tell their friends. And when you have that mindset you actually make a whole lot more money because you wind up saying no to people, which only makes them want you more. And they end up telling their friends, you know, oh my God, I want to work with these guys. They won't take me. And so you actually end up making more money. But more importantly, the deals that you close last so long and they give great testimonials and reviews and they tell their friends, every single person, every single customer that we have at Demand Scope now has referred at least one more person to us. And think about that because you can compound pretty damn quick when people are referring other people to you, right? You can go from two to four to eight. If every person refers one more person or every person refers a half a person. So in other words, for every two customers you bring on board, you're getting one new one. You can compound at a blazing fast rate. And so I would say the last learning I have is customer retention is as or more important than customer acquisition. Don't get caught up in the sexiness of the kill. Don't get caught up in the thrill of the hunt. That's fun, but keeping the customer on board is way, way more important. So where do I see Demand Scope going over the next year? I would say it is looking pretty good. It is looking pretty damn good. So we've got a waiting list now that covers us for the next three months, I think, and it's kind of growing. So hopefully we can expand our onboarding, bring more customers on board, but we're doing great things. Like it really is thrilling to me to be able to work with a small business owner and have them, let's say, you know, they're paying us, let's say, 2500 bucks a month, and we can see from the advertising activity, we're driving fifteen dollars or $20,000 in sales their way. Like, we're driving a 7 to 9x return on the money that they're paying us. That's really damn cool. That's so cool. I love that. I love helping entrepreneurs grow, and I love being able to provide service that they wouldn't get somewhere else. In terms of product extensions, we're definitely going to be getting into course And DIY kind of stuff. So, one of the things I'm excited about is, and I've already started to do this, we're creating a whole bunch of content for people who either can't afford our service today, or maybe they can afford our service, but they want to educate their own marketing team or educate themselves on how to do it. So, we're gonna get into courses teaching people how to do what we do. So we can either do it for you as a done-for-you service, which we offer today, or we can do it as a done-with-you service, D-W-Y, a done-with-you service, or it could be a DIY, a do-it-yourself service. So getting into that is something I want to do over the next year as well. Don't have any specific timing on that, but I want to make sure we're super serving the customers we have and then listening to the customers down the line and giving them what they want too. So that is an update on Demand Scope, guys. So far, so good. I would say, again, biggest learning I have, customer retention is so important. Listen to your customer, ask questions because what they ask for is not always what they need. And man, is it fun to build a business like I'm doing right now. I absolutely love it. Let me know what you guys think. You can get me at johndavids.com, get me all over social, get on my newsletter. Every Saturday, I am dropping my best stuff I want to see you there and I'll talk to you guys next time.